Welcome to the You Are Loved podcast. My name's Liv Downing. I'm a psychologist and meditation teacher. And my vision for this podcast is to provide all of us with different access points to this sense of coming home, this sense of, of connection and belonging. You Are Loved is the title of my forthcoming children's book, which will be released at some point in the future, hopefully in 2022, but we'll see. And in it, I really explore the possibility that that sense of love and connection is always available to us. And then I offer meditation as a way for us to experience that. I also know that meditation is not necessarily for everybody. So over these series of podcast interviews, I'm wanting to provide different ways for all of us to, to come home, to sense this feeling of being loved, no matter what wonderful life throws at us. So thank you so much for joining me and my beautiful guests. And I look forward to sharing this series with you. Welcome to this week's episode. It's great to have you here. In this chat today, you'll hear me talking with the beautiful Zoe Cannot, and in it, we explore all things rest. Resting something that I personally have had a bit of trouble inviting into my life, mainly just because I had a mum who was go, go, go. So I guess I learnt that's how one is supposed to live. As it turns out, that can be quite tiring. And Zoe has been an amazing teacher for me over the years, just supporting me to really build my own rest rituals and about why she does the work she does and a bit about her journey and really helps us understand that, you know, we're part of nature. Nature's, you know, part of who we are and this modern world we're living in means that we're quite, we can be quite disconnected from that. And because of that, we can become disconnected from our true selves and so she shares with us one of her favorite meditation techniques which is called yoga nidra and you'll hear her explain more about that and what it is and why she loves it uh, she also shares with us some stats around the state of our our health our mental health and to be honest some of them are quite alarming so um, if nothing else, I'm hoping this is a call for action for both of, for all of us, both you and I. And she also gives us um, an opportunity to taste a little bit of the magic of Yoga Nidra as she leads me through this or a small component of this ancient wisdom practice. So I hope you enjoy this interview. I loved doing it and promptly took myself off to do a longer yoga nidra after the interview was over i hope it might inspire you to do the same please do check out zoe's work on insight timer she has a whole range of meditations on there that are mainly for free so you get to experience a bit more of her magic i hope you enjoy it welcome everybody to this episode of you are loved as you've just heard in the introduction today i have the great pleasure of interviewing my friend colleague, mentor, spiritual seeker, Zoe Cannot. Welcome, Zoe. Thanks, Liz. Thanks for having me. No trouble. So we might just share with everybody, just for full disclosure, a bit about our history. So I think we've got a pretty interesting story. Um, Zoe and I have known each other. I have known Zoe my entire life. So our dad's have been and continue to be best friends for probably close to 50 years would have to be now 
So Zoe and I grew up together. And then as happens in adolescence, we lost touch. And then in our, you know, mid adulthood, we rediscovered each other through meditation. And then for the last 10 years, we've, we've worked together and, and learned together and grown together. And, you know, I just, I feel so grateful to be, um, have to have the opportunity to be on this journey with you, Zoe, because I continue to learn so much from you and with you. And, you know, you've dragged me off to retreats and um, different, different events. So it's a real pleasure to have you here today to learn from you. Yeah, likewise, I feel exactly the same. It's just been such a, a beautiful journey. And um, yeah, I feel like I learn so much from you and with you. So it's, it's mutual. Yeah, all in it together. Yeah. <laughs> so what would be really helpful, Zoe, is um, if you just spend a little bit of time perhaps sharing a bit about you know, who you are, what you do and why you do it. Um, people know you're my good friend, but tell me, tell us a little bit more about, about your professional experience and I guess how you came to, to teach meditation in the way that you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I, I love these questions um, and it was really nice for me to reflect on. So first of all, you asked, who are you? And I feel like this is a funny question because in meditation we always talk about, you know, we aren't uh, those things that we label ourselves with, but at the same time there is a part of us that is that. So I feel like I am first and foremost I'm a seeker and I'm a student and I've always had this feeling that there's more to life than meets the eye. Um and that leads me down all sorts of different pathways. And I'm quite, I feel like I'm pretty adventurous and I like to kind of break rules sometimes. <laughs> and I often find myself in interesting situations, but that's probably for another podcast. Um, and right now, you know, I'm a mother of two adult children. If that you can say that in the same sentence, in the same sentence adult children yeah. uh, I'm a wife I'm a sister I'm a daughter I'm a friend and these relationships I I deeply deeply cherish so I think it's really important to name that um and then I've been a student of yoga and meditation and uh yoga nidra which we'll get into a little bit later um for a while and uh recent and practicing yoga now um for around 30 years oh um and I feel like I need to mention that I am a student of like, I feel like nature is like one of my greatest teachers and we can bring that into the conversation also so then the next thing you asked was what do I do okay so currently I'm a guide a teacher and a mentor of yoga nidra and meditation I do this online in person and um, and then privately as well uh, and my latest role which is so exciting is I'm part of the teacher training team in a nine-month facilitator training program called daring to rest and it's for women uh, and one of the major components of this program is all about yoga nidra 
And it's founded by a woman named Karen Brody, and she's the author of a book called Daring to Rest, Reclaim Your Power with Yoga Nidra and Rest Meditation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then the question, why do you do it? Why do you do what you do? I love this question. And it also, um, it really made me think. And I was actually asked this question just the other day in a group. So I'm part of this mentoring group. I'm not the mentor. I'm being mentored by this wonderful, wonderful teacher. Her name's um, Tracy Stanley. And we were asked the same question. And the first thing that came to it just hit me in my heart so, so powerfully was I don't have a choice in the matter. And as I was articulating this to the group I became really emotional and actually teary <laughs> which I think you know Liv is quite big for me because I'm quite private and I like to sort of deal with things and process things on my own but anyway it just came out and 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 then at the same time I was like why can't I just escape to the bush and be by myself and um you know this work that we do this thing that we share is such a huge responsibility and then in the same breath, I was, I was like, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I feel like it's a privilege and an honour and I feel so lucky that I'm able to share this thing that really is my true essence. So it took a really long time for me to get here. It wasn't easy. And I fought it. I really fought it. And there's this inner critic, inner critic that was telling me that I was lazy um, and it took me a really long time to accept this quality, this uniqueness about me that I'm actually very comfortable in being relaxed, in being calm and actually very comfortable in resting. And at the time, like when I was growing up, this wasn't accepted as something that was valuable. It wasn't a gift. The, people's gifts were more something that they worked really hard for. They worked so hard that they burnt out and, you know, climbing ladders and all that kind of thing. And then I realised after a really long while that sharing what comes naturally to me is really healing for others. I've had people say to me that I could read a shopping list and it would make, make them feel relaxed. So this transmission that literally comes out of my breath, like comes out of my voice, if I let myself, if I actually get out of my own way, which is a daily practice, it's effortless for me. But as I'm, as I'm talking, you know, it's a daily practice. It's, it's, you know, it's hard to let that happen. Oh, Zoe, we could probably finish the podcast right there because I just think you have given us so much insight and even inspiration in hearing a bit about why you do what you do. I mean, and, and you've touched on so many important points around that, you know, that inner critic that doesn't let us rest because that's the, the story society tells us. You've touched on the fact that it is a daily practice for us to relearn and rewire and not be 
um, controlled by these stories of the person we feel like we should be. And I'd love to get into those areas in a little more detail with you, just because I think that's really the essence of what we're here to talk about. It's, it, you know, as you know, the purpose of this podcast is giving people resources to reconnect with themselves and reconnect with life, um, which brings me to, to one of your other comments which was around that connection to nature and that you know I, I just love the way you've spoken about how um it's not about you it's about getting out of your own way and 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 then if we do that we can live with ease brings me to definitely one of my stories around and possibly one of your old stories you're trying to let go of around rest being a waste of time you know who am I to rest and I should be doing and ticking off the to-do list and achieving and earning and succeeding and all those things, you know, tell us about your journey to the point where you can value rest. How, how, how have you done that? And how can we do that too? Yeah. Okay. So when you mention nature, so one of my earliest memories um, of resting, because I've reflected a lot on this because this is something that people ask me all the time one of my earliest memories is two things one is lying on my bed and I had this tree outside my bedroom window and I used to just lie on my bed and look at that tree I don't know at the time there was no conversation about why I did that or and I did it for quite long periods of time and I just used to love it look at um, the flowers that would come out on the tree and the tree moving in the wind and you know obviously this was resting this was um, true resting and we can talk about that because a lot of people talk about self-care and resting and they might refer to catching up with a friend or going to a movie or reading a book or watching some tv or um you know, having a, a, a drink with a friend or, and while these things are considered to be nice and um, in a way they can be looked upon as something of maybe connection or um, relaxing in a certain way, it's not really resting. Uh, and so I want to talk a little bit about um why I think rest is important. Mm. So as you and I have spoken about so many times that we live in this world, this modern world that is out of balance, that is really out of sync with our natural rhythms. And, you know, it's making us sick. It's disconnecting ourselves from ourselves and therefore from what we really value and what we really feel is important couple of kind of statistics um, so firstly women have more insomnia and higher depression levels than men uh, we're more medicated for sleep issues and depression than ever before um, ADHD is on the rise as well as anxiety uh, no surprises there and then um, the World Health Organization says that two-thirds of adults throughout all developed nations fail to obtain the recommended eight hours of nightly sleep that we require. 
And so I'm constantly asking myself, how do we find and reconnect and come back to rhythm, to Mm. this nature that lives within us? And the answer over and over again is rest and sleep. And to really thrive from a place of integrity and clarity, we need to come from a place of rest. Mm. Which is so challenging, though, because we have so many things competing for our attention. And it's really bucking a massive trend to say, no, you know what? I'm not going to answer that email at 10 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night or 8 o'clock at night. I'm actually going to rest. It's a, it's really uncomfortable yeah. to, to do that for us, isn't it? Because it's it's not the world currently isn't set up to nurture that thriving for us humans. We've heard through our one of our core main teachers in this area, Dr. Craig Hassard, that we our brain and body hasn't evolved much over thousands of years. And so, but yet the world's changed so significantly. And one of my favorite quotes is actually from John Kabat Zinn, which is, We have a prehistoric brain living in a digital age. So we just haven't, you know, upgraded <laughs> the hardware. It's it's challenging. So why do you think it is that our society doesn't value rest as much as it could? Coming back to my original uh, thing that I was talking about, when I kind of discovered my, you know, my uh, essence was actually something that could help others and feeling like that wasn't valued when I was growing up, it's the same kind of thing. Rest is seen as being lazy. It's unproductive. It's selfish. Like literally it's self-indulgent. And so most of all, because of all of those things, those societal uh, images or values that are kind of sitting in the environment, We're out of practice. We're out of practice. And this means that when we come into this space of resting or being still or quiet, it's really uncomfortable. So there's this resistance. Literally, you feel it in your body. Oh, my God, so relate to that, Zoe. I remember when I first came to meditation, just just even, not even yoga nidra, I mean, yoga nidra, which we'll talk about in a moment, I still to this day often fall asleep in. But just, you know, the sitting practices, um, just the, 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 the uncomfortable feelings and the jitteriness and the shakiness and the heat and the, you know, the, the stories, I shouldn't be sitting here. This is a waste of time. All of that. It's so uncomfortable. And I guess that puts people off. Hey, so they come yes. to and go, well, this is going to be lovely and relaxing. And yeah. then it's wonderful. <gasps> How yeah. interesting. Yeah. I remember my very first experience of meditating and the teacher told, it was a 20 minute thing. And we were told to count our breaths, count to 10 and then start again and just keep going. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be so good at this. And, you know, I'm, I'm a calm person. I'm relaxed. And I was screaming, screaming inside my head. I, in the end, I let myself, not, not outwardly, but I just screamed. Yeah. That's all I could do. 
yeah. until that 20 minutes was over. Wow. Yeah. What, what a great myth to debunk, hey? When people first come to meditation, I think people are sold all of the research and they're sold all of the benefits, which are true, which are valid, but they might not happen straight away. Exactly. And, and so that first, I hear so many people say, it's just not for me. I'm not yeah. that type of person. No, no, no. We're all, it's for everybody. It really is. It doesn't matter what type of person you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's such, that's such a beautiful way to explain it, that we're out of practice. We, you know, over the generations, we've forgotten how to do it. So of course, that if we introduce something that is so foreign to us, of course, it's going to be uncomfortable. You know, the, the first time you go back to the gym, it's really mm -hmm. bloody uncomfortable because your muscles hurt. Yeah. And it's the same. It's, it's, and then, so how do we get through that initial discomfort? You know, how, how can we persist or value ourselves enough to stick with that? That's a, a really tough question. Um, but I think, you know, knowing the values uh, or, or the benefits um, and then also knowing that, what are the other options? You know, look at how's it going for you otherwise? You know, it's a really good question. Um, and then what are you missing out on when you're not present? You know, we're always, we're only ever ourselves right here, right now. You know, we're not in the past. The past already happened and we're not yet in the future. So resting really allows us to meet ourselves exactly where we are here and now mm. it can be as we've just said really challenging really challenging yeah and so bite sizes bite size yeah you know maybe little bits at a time yes the kind of talk about so much yeah yeah absolutely so, Zoe, I'd love to, to hear what kind of excuses do you hear from people is that, you know, to stop them from, from resting and, and rejuvenating? Yeah, well, I think I just said number one is I'm just not that kind of person. It's yeah. not for me. I hear that all the time. And the thing about that is it's okay. Like, that's okay. And maybe you're not ready for it. And so I don't, I really hate the hard sell. <laughs> you know, everybody in their own time, if they want, if they choose, will come to the practice. Um, so I'm not a big kind of pusher of it because I think with all these things and doing something new, it's so important to do it in your own time. Mm. And from a place of there, there needs to be something that is attractive or some sort of desire within to, to get into it, to get going with this kind of practice. It's so true. And I can't tell you how many times I've cornered people at parties or at pubs trying to shove it all down their throat. You need to meditate. And obviously, I mean, for me, it's come with time and experience in my own practice. And also after years of teaching that I've worked out, that's not the way. <laughs> that's not really all that effective. But yeah, yeah it's interesting that people, we're so quick to, um, to categorize ourselves you know I'm not that kind of person you know my mind will never be still 
I don't know how to relax. We, we, they're all these stories we tell ourselves. And I find it really hopeful that, that, you know, maybe we can change that. Maybe there's another way. And, but you're right, people have to come to it in their own way and in their own time. As we were talking about earlier, really giving people the opportunity to come back to themselves, to connect with themselves and and with nature is really the key theme for this podcast. So how does rest help us to do that? Uh, And yoga nidra is a rest practice and it invites us to welcome everything, Mm. all the different parts of ourselves. And then slowly but surely, so you, you're inviting everything in when we rest. You know, it's not like, oh, only bring the part of you that is calm, you know, because that sometimes is so obscured. It's so sort of under so many layers that it's really hard to find, but it does exist in every single one of us. And so... With yoga nidra, we invite it all in and we meet it. We meet the layers of our being. And the practice, which is just so incredible, is as we meet things, as you know, like when we feel into our emotions and let them be and let them pass through, then we slowly, it's like a cleaning or a cleansing or purifying, we meet our true self that part of us that is still and and is calm and, you know, all of that. So you meet your true nature in these practices, in these rest practices. Beautiful. And so we've, we've spoken a bit about yoga nidra and I know when I introduce yoga nidra to clients, the minute people hear the word yoga, they think stretchy pants, um, a mat, and stretching um but yoga nidra is quite quite different isn't it could you tell us a little bit about about it about the practice itself yes i can so uh, when you say that every single class i had a a class last night and um it was actually the first time i've been in studio for two years would you believe uh so i got to see real people with flesh and skin and all of that and every single time I have someone walk in that door and and say hi I'm here for the yoga nidra class and they're in their stretchy pants or whatever and I'll say yes uh it's it's actually a meditation it's a lying down practice and they're like oh okay (laughs) I'll give that a go uh, so, yeah, it's it's deceiving um, with the word yoga because we have this association with movement and asana, and uh, and so yoga nidra. It's such it's quite a hard thing to just to describe, but I'm going to do my best. Um, I want to read a tiny little thing out of a book from um, one of my favorite teachers, Tracy Stanley. And she's written a book called Radiant Rest, Yoga Nidra for Deep Relaxation and Awakened Clarity. I mean, that title just says it all. Wow. <laughs> Look at the book. The okay. cover. And so she, at the very beginning, she's trying to describe what it is. And she says, yet no matter how we try to capture the essence of yoga nidra, 
No words can truly transmit the magic and mystery of the practice. Then she says, if you have ever floated in a sea of stars or felt that you have peered through a wormhole into another dimension during yoga nidra, you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, I mean, seriously, (laughs) floated in a sea of stars. So yoga nidra is a meditation practice. It's quite systematic um, and it's thousands and thousands of years old. So it's a wisdom practice. Uh, but what I really want to explain is that it's a state. It's, it's a state of being. It's a technique. And it's also a goddess. There's a whole um, story of the goddess Yoga Nidra. Uh, and it's referred to in different ways. It's the sleep of the yogi. It's yoga of sleep, radiant rest, peace beyond words. Uh, And in Yoga Nidra, we are awakening to our true nature and wisdom. And this is achieved. We do this, and this is the most exciting part, I think, for a lot of people. We do this via deep relaxation. And in doing that, we move through this process of dissolution or dissolving the layers of consciousness. So all these things that um, we experience ourselves to be. Mm. So all those stories that we were talking about in our earlier conversation, who I am, you know, what I stand for, all of that, we actually, this practice can help us to see ourselves beyond all of that. Exactly. And so through this systematic technique, we slowly, slowly start to feel the layers of ourselves fall asleep, okay? So you literally feel like you're asleep, your body falls asleep. Uh, Energetically, you feel this deep relaxation, but there's this trace of awareness that remains awake and aware. That's the idea anyway. (laughs) Often people fall asleep, especially if you're exhausted. Um, Yeah, but there's, you know, um, basically everything falls asleep, including the ego mind or the, you know, the inner critic kind of takes a back seat and we are opened up to this really fertile ground where we can meet this this true self, this true nature. Zoe, just hearing you describe that, what comes up for me is, oh, how restful! Like <laughs> just this, what a lo- what a lovely break to be to have that ego mind, that inner critic, that constant chatter of should, have to, must, you know, be, do all the things. So I can see why it's such a powerful practice for our mm-hmm. our connect, coming back to who we really are, our true connection. Yeah. All of the stories. Yeah. And often what happens is you'll get to an, an end of a practice, often at the end of a, a class, and people will come up to me and they'll say, I don't know what just happened or 
I think I fell asleep, but I woke up as soon as you told us to move. And so they're literally going into this state where it's associated with um, where they put people into comas uh, to go to that place of internal healing. So our brainwave states go into that deep healing state uh, and so people come out and they're like, I don't know what just happened, but I feel amazing. What happened? I didn't even hear what you said, but there's a part of them that is listening. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So pretty um, mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> you help me understand. So I have been practicing and recommending yoga nidra for probably 20 years the bit that I still don't really understand is why, so I understand there's many phases and I now understand through this chat that those different phases or stages are different parts of us resting or falling asleep. But one of the stages is where we're invited to consider opposites. So, you know, we feel we we're invited to imagine the body feeling really warm and then really cold and then both warm and cold together. Um, uh, can you help me understand how that can help us? Yes. Okay. So all of these uh, stages of the practice are just different methods of cleaning and clearing the layers. Um, and, yeah, the holding of the opposites is just an incredible practice in itself and you can do it. Um, eyes open as well actually it's really help, helpful in day-to-day -day life so um, you yeah you're often asked to experience heavy and light or hot and cold as you said pain pleasure uh, and also emotions so they're sort of um, feelings and then emotions and so I just want to quote one of my teachers Dana Roma she says human life unfolds in the realm of duality Part of the journey to surrendering into oneness experience, our true essential self, is the balancing of the polarities. Mm. Okay, so there's this whole um, movement in the practice to coming back into wholeness, which is really who we are. So we often identify with one emotion over another, for example, anxiety. Uh, and we're unable to see anything else. We are an anxiety. And we know of anxiety because of the knowledge of feeling the opposite. We know of feeling calm or relaxed or peaceful. If we didn't, then anxiety would just be like, that's, that's it. <laughs> it's just life. Uh, so this trains our body to, to reduce or to stop identifying with only one half of a pair of op opposite sensations or emotions. So both reside in you and both are valid and important to acknowledge and feel. Um, but when we feel both at the same time, then we come to this third experience of wholeness. I want to just bring in, have you heard of Viktor Frankl? Yes. Yes, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning. And he's a psychiatrist, a Jewish psychiatrist and neurologist from Vienna, and his pregnant wife and parents died in the Holocaust. 
And he talks about how he consciously chose to live in the space between either or. The space that says yes and both. So Frankel noticed that in the concentration camps that the people who were resilient were those who found meaning despite their horrific situations. Mm. So by holding one feeling and then the other and then uniting the two feelings, you receive this visceral understanding of this universal law of oneness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. For the first time. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, so, and if we repeat repeat this practice, because it's not just once only, um, this new circuitry becomes an established response in the brain, enabling the practitioner to gradually go beyond the, the realm of conventional human suffering, which arises out of attachment and aversion, and comes into this oneness experience. Oh, my goodness. And how valuable would that skill be right now, to, well, just in general in our modern world, where we're so quick to see black, white, right, wrong, like, don't like, good, bad, clean, dirty, and it just goes on and on and on. And imagine if we can see it all. And therefore we can see the whole person standing in front of us and connect more authentically. And we can see the whole of ourselves. And, and yeah, we're never love. one thing or the other, Liv. We're always living in these polarities on a spectrum. Mm. You know, yeah. we can be in deep grief or despair, but there's also the opposite that can exist. And when we can acknowledge that and sort of disidentify ourselves from really attaching to one particular emotion or feeling, then we can have a little bit of distance yeah 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 and, and live more authentically and with more integrity yeah so I'd love to hear Zoe you mentioned before how um you know these practices can be integrated into our daily life and we can do them with our eyes open are there any kind of practical tools that you could share with me and our listeners that we can start using immediately yeah well since we've been talking about holding of holding the opposites why don't we do that because you can do this literally you know standing in supermarket or you know waiting for an appointment um so you can do it with eyes open or eyes closed whatever you wish um and so yeah go ahead and and are you going to lead me through it now yeah do you want to do that yes i'd love to Okay, so you can close your eyes or you can adopt a a soft gaze, whatever feels good. And then just take a couple of breaths just to settle into your body because this is really an embodiment practice. So we're moving out of our head and into our body. And if it feels good, you, you know, just come into your heart and Often, you know, you can just pop your hand on your heart or whatever helps you connect into your body. And then feel any emotion. It doesn't have to be big, but it can be. Or thought, feel it in your body and really engage all of your senses. 
So you may want to think of a memory to bring the sensation forward. But then after you do that, just let go of the memory and stay with the sensation in your body. And then just take three slow breaths, feeling this emotion or this thought in your body and feel it in your cells. And then once you've done that, release the sensation and call up the opposite sensation, the opposite emotional thought. And again, just really engage your senses and you can use a memory to bring it forward if you need to. And then take three breaths, feeling the opposite emotion, the opposite sensation in your body. And now call up both sensations and feel them at the same time. This is the space between the opposites. And just taking three breaths with this third new space. And just notice how you feel. And then coming back, how do you feel? How was that? So that was fantastic. So can I take you through what happened? Yeah. So the emotion that I was able to identify quickly was anxiety and it was sitting in my heart area. So just kind of a tightness. And, um, and so, you know, I let that be there and anxiety is something that's very familiar to me. So it was, was not scary. It's just, hello, there you are again. And then when you invited us to come to the opposite, that was calm. And, um, you know, and then uh, that's also familiar to me. So I was able to, to draw on that pretty easily. And so that was there. But then the most interesting thing happened when you invited them to come together. The anxiety sat on the top and the calm sat on the bottom. It's like the anxiety was just a superficial bubbling, whereas the calm was a deep presence. It was much bigger. Mm. And so I was, and I felt more whole. I felt more integrated. And I feel quite different now after that three-minute practice um, than I did before it. So it is, it is it, look, it's not magic, of course. There's no silver bullet, but it, it can just... It's you know, so subtle yet so powerful. So powerful. Yeah. And it just opens up our, not just our eyes, but our whole body our whole experience of life to be more holistic yeah. and, and bigger. We don't have to be trapped by the little, the one little emotion bubbling across the surface. We can feel into who we really are. Exactly. And I just want to mention that that little practice came out of Karen Brody's book, Daring yeah. to Rest, which is the program that I'm teacher training in. Um, yeah. And you can do that just like yeah. anywhere. 
Yeah. Literally when you're overwhelmed by a feeling, just know that you can feel that and then you can feel the opposite and then you don't have to disengage or, or get rid of that other, the anxiety or whatever it is that you're feeling, but just integrate into a more holistic way, as you say. And how much more... Um how much more approachable or available is that for people? Because I think so often we come to meditative practices um, looking for a cure or looking for the fix and then or then the promise is that that's what the practice is going to give. But what if we actually say, well, that might happen, but but you don't, the goal isn't to get rid of anything. It's to, to in, invite it all in. Yeah. It's so different from the way we're often sold these practices and this work yeah so before we finish up today um I would just love to to first of all thank you so so much um and also just touch back on something you said earlier at the beginning of our chat that I felt was really profound and I don't know that I've ever heard anybody voice this before and that was talking about how so many of us look to things like watching TV, reading books, seeing friends as the way we rest, but actually that's not real rest. And I, you know, I can personally relate to that, that it's, you know, if my, if my weekends are too full, um, even if they're wonderful things that I'm doing, I can feel quite exhausted at the end of a weekend so I just wanted to thank you for naming that because I think for many of us we think oh all I've done all weekend is watch tv um you know read and catch up with friends why am I still tired it's because we're not actually coming back to to us and to our true nature yes yeah. and so can I add to that because this has been really profound for me is to ask the question how can I bring or engage with more spaciousness in my day how can I um, pause throughout the day and drop into that um, presence and that resting space and so this is where we tap back into our natural rhythms and so naturally we have this cycle within us that um, uh, we have periods of activity and inactivity or rest and so usually we can tap into these spaces in transitions so from doing one thing to another whether it's um, you know coming home from work or if we're disengaging from work and coming into family life or literally um, from doing something to having a meal or um, you know, from getting ready in the morning to uh, going somewhere. So all these moments of transition, we can use as little moments to pause. And sometimes I literally, you know, it doesn't need to be long. It can be a minute or two or three. I'll stand outside and look at the sky and that peripheral vision, like opening up to, it allows for more spaciousness. Mm. Oh. And that's resting. That's resting. Yeah. Yeah. That's another beautiful practical tool for us. Thank you. And I love that, that, um, I guess that, that bell, if you like, of the transition, because there's so many transitions. It's what we spend 
all of our day doing, transitioning from one task or event or interaction to the next. And so there's several times throughout the day that we can inject that spaciousness. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. So Zoe, how can people find out more about you and what you do and your different offerings to the world? Mm-hmm. So firstly, I have a, a website um, <laughs> it, and it's just zoecannett.com. Uh, and then you can find a whole bunch of my my medit my guided meditations yoga nidras on the app insight timer and it's all pretty much for free uh so yeah definitely insight timer and instagram are you on instagram yeah sorry (laughs) i'm on the gram um yes yeah you can also find me on instagram where i i am a bit like you live i interact and then i pull away and have a break and yeah but definitely I love I love connecting with people on Instagram and Facebook and yeah beautiful beautiful so is there anything that I haven't asked you and I should have that you'd like to that you're being called to share today or do you feel like it's bound up and wrapped up in a little bow we can say goodbye for now yeah I think um I think we've covered most things yeah it's been really nice well thank you so much I'm actually really inspired to have a bit more rest especially in my day this afternoon so I might head off and do that thanks take good care yeah you too